Chapter Four of the Homesteader. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, B.C. The Homesteader by Oscar Michaud. Epoch the Third. The Gambler's Story the keystone was the oldest and most elite hotelry for negroes in chicago and the west for many years it is located near thirty-first and state street in the heart of the black belt of the south side of the city it was built previous to the world's fair and still maintains its prestige as the most popular hangout for negroes of the most ostentatious set and it was here that jean baptiste went following his departure with glavis when chicago was a wide open town gambling had been carried on upstairs as a business porters waiters barbers and politicians who held the best jobs had always found their way eventually to the keystone likewise did the negroes in business and the professions and workers in all trades as well as mail carriers mail clerks and the men of the army and actors in short the keystone was the meeting place for men in nearly all the walks of life always the freest city in the world for black men chicago has the most negroes in the mail service and the civil service more negroes carry clubs as policemen more can be found in all the departments of the municipal courts county commissioners aldermen corporation councils game warden assistants and so on down indeed a negro feels freer and more hopeful in chicago than anywhere else in the united states so it was such a crowd that jean baptiste encountered at the keystone that day there were two real estate men who had once run on the road with him and who had since succeeded in business also there was another who was a county commissioner and still another one an army officer so upon seeing him they did all cry baptiste well well of all things and how do you happen to be down here in the spring oh a little business he returned and joined with the crowd bought a drink for them all and was apparently jolly among the number was a gambler by the name of speed he shook the visitor's hand heartily and when the visit with the others was over he went to a table and sitting down beckoned for baptiste when the other responded he begged him to be seated and then said now i know what you are down here about heard about it the day he brought her home baptiste regarded him wonderingly yes i understand he said making himself comfortable as if to tell a long story you are wondering how i come to understand about your father-in-law and if you are not in a hurry 
I'll tell you a little story. Well, said the other, let's have a drink before you start. I don't care, and he beckoned to the bartender. Small bottle, a slits, he said, and turned to Baptiste. Make it two, said the other, and turned to hear the story the other had to tell. It happened fifteen years ago, began Speed, when their beer had been served. I was a preacher then. Hold on, he broke off at the expression on Baptiste's face. Yes, of course, you can hardly believe it, but I was then a preacher. I was the pastor of the little church in a little town, and I won't tell the name of the town, but it's all the same. I was a preacher and pastor of this church. I had not been long ordained and was ambitious to succeed as a minister. The charge had not been long created and was, of course, not much of a place for money. But it so happened that a quarry was open about the time I was sent there and it brought some hundred and fifty negro families to live in the town and in almost a twinkling my charge became from among the poorest to one of the best from a financial point of view the men worked steadily and were paid well and their families found quite a bit of work to do among the wealthy whites of the town there were two young ladies living a few doors from where I preached, girls who made their own living, honestly, nice, clean girls, and I was much impressed with them. I sought and finally succeeded in getting them interested in the church, and later began keeping company with one. Now here is where your folks come in. The Reverend McCarthy, old Mac, I called him, was filling the same line he is now, presiding elder, and this church was in his itinerary. I was therefore under his recommendation. He had been visiting the church regularly, holding his quarterly conference every three months, and getting his little bit. It was shortly after I had started going with this young lady that McCarthy got awfully nice and treated me so good that I became suspicious. Then one day it came out. By the way, Speed, he said, who are those girls living near the church? I knew who he was referring to because I had seen him trying to smile on them the day before, which had been a Sunday but I pretends not to know what or who he's talking about. Who, I inquired, as innocent as a lamb. Oh, those two girls living near the church, and he called their names. Why, they are two young ladies who come here not long ago, I said, and waited. Is that all? He asked then, as I looked at him, he grinned and said, Ah, oh, come on, Speed, be a good fellow. Now, are those girls straight? And he specified the one I had begun going with. Why, said I, Reverend McCarthy, I am surprised at you to ask such a question. 
or to offer such an insinuation besides i went on why on now speed he laughed easily his big fat round face shaking be a good sport and put me into these girls now i'll tell you what i want you to do he said drawing his chair close to mine i'll make it my business to get back over here next sunday night and i want you to fix it for me with that one and he winked in a way i did not at the time understand but i did later i'll make it right with you you understand he said rising i'll make it right with you i was never so put out in my life here was this man a minister of the gospel and a presiding elder who had just deliberately delegated me to make a previous engagement for him without regard to morals and with the girl i loved i don't think he knew i was paying her court but the moral was the same i was outdone but true to his words the next sunday night he was back well speed he said when the services were over what's the rip everything okay he was very anxious and i'll never forget his face but i was afraid of the old rascal still i hadn't lost my manhood at that so i says now reverend you place me in a very awkward predicament to begin with i have the highest respect for those young ladies and again even if i did not i could not be expected to cohort as you suggested ah speed he cut in you're no good pshaw i just know the older of those girls is not straight and positive of it and you could fix things if you would and i detected a touch of angry disappointment in his tone well to get out of it i told the old rascal what i thought of his suggestion and left him i never saw him again until near conference and then not to speak with him i was confident that i had satisfied the people and that i would be sent back without any argument so imagine when i went to conference and when the charges were being read off and i heard the secretary call reverend speed to mitchfield instead of the town from which i had gone i was just sick man so sick until i almost dropped dead on the floor oh the agony it gave me i finally got outside some way and stood leaning against the church how long i stood thus i never knew but the church let out by and by while well, i still stood there and let me explain mitchfield was a change that contained exactly a dozen members the reverend mccarthy came out and i looked up straight into his eyes i knew then why i had been sent to mitchfield instead of back to the charge i had been at well i went to mitchfield and by working around town by the day in connection with the charge i managed to make it 
some months later i married the girl i have spoken of and we began to keep house in mitchfield it was pretty hard and sometimes i don't wonder at what later happened but to make a long story short i was compelled to get work in a nearby town to make a living for me and my wife and was gone all the week until saturday night at the end of six months reverend mccarthy had taken my wife and she had left me and was living in st louis baptiste was regarding him strangely have you heard the rest of it the other paused to ask well reverend mccarthy became the father of her two sons one was killed some years ago the other lives in st louis but what what became of their mother baptiste inquired curiously her what becomes of women who are deceived if you visited st louis and the district you might find her she was there the last i heard of her and you me the other repeated in a strangely hollow voice you know who i am a gambler and with an old score to settle with that man if i ever get the chance end of chapter four epoch the third the gambler's story recording by linda marie nielsen vancouver bc